0: Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin.
1: We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you.
0: We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully it is. Hi, Bridget. Hey, Terry. Welcome to a new year, a new decade, and a new season of the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. If you follow us on social media, where we post daily, you may have seen some quotes from a writer, Savannah Wall. We highlighted some of her ideas from an article titled, When You're Homesick for All That You Were Before Depression.
1: The posts prompted some really good discussions. And since talking about depression is one of the ways we can destigmatize it, we reached out to Savannah to talk more about what she wrote and about how she felt which we think many of you will understand and relate to. Here now is Savannah Wall giving her voice to depression. I would like to talk to you about both your story and your article. Do you have any preference which way we start? No, I don't. Not at all. Okay, then I'll start by just asking. There were like five lines. I just would like to read, and then have you elaborate on them, what they meant, and and we'll see if that works. Sure. Um, uh, first, the very idea that you were homesick for all that you were before depression. Mm-hmm. I'd never used the word homesick to describe it, but it's like it's like us sick, right? We we can't find the us.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not only do you feel alone, I felt physically heavy and, you know, and though I'm married, you know, I'm happily married and I have great friends and a support system, have family, I have all that like, you know, a normal person would want, but I just felt so empty and so far away from the people that I loved, even though my love for them was so immense. And I know that their love for me was immense. No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't feel them. Um, it's just a very, very dark place to be. I didn't know how to describe it except for just feeling really homesick and homesick for the people that I loved, homesick for, you know, kind of who I was before depression, homesick for that bubbly, you know, energetic, you know, woman that I was. Um, And I just, I couldn't get there no matter how hard I tried.
1: Isn't it hard? To explain how at once we can feel so completely empty and yet so heavy because we tend to associate empty with lightness, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is like a physical weight to it. I remember that trying to just get out of bed and feel like you know you had something stacked on your chest.
2: Yeah, like a stack of bricks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: So one of your quotes was, it pains me that I no longer feel like a broken plate of glass, salvageable because it only cracked in three pieces. Maybe some people can cement their broken hearts with green tea, matcha and essential oils. I love that. (laughs) Or whatever the earthy healing trend is today. But that doesn't cut it for me. I feel crushed, shattered in Mm -hmm. ashes, dust-like. I
2: almost cried for you. That's exactly how it was. And that's exactly what I was feeling in that moment. You know, I'm not going to lie, I did try different things because I was in such a desperate place. You know, I tried the vanilla and the lavender candles and, you know, um, hot baths and spicy foods and all those things that they say helps the brain, you know, trigger, you know, happy dopamine and all that. And it just wasn't working because it was just such a dark place that I really, truly needed to seek help.
1: Can you imagine people saying to us if we found out we had any other chronic illness, burn a lavender candle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, why would we expect that to work?
2: Exactly. I know it's an illness and it it overtakes you and you have no sense of like control in a way. And it might make you feel okay in the moment. It It might make you feel relaxed, but nothing really truly takes away that emptiness, that void feeling that I mean, it literally shakes, just shakes you to the ground. I mean, you you, you just don't feel like you can get up.
1: I, I keep wanting to skip to how you got out of it, but I'll read you the three more things that have you... Okay. So if you're going through depression, I know you feel heavy. You make a list of different reasons to tell your friends why you can't make the outing, so they sound different each time. Maybe you have a good friend, a loving spouse, even a furry friend to take away your Sunday blues, but you still feel alone.
2: Yeah, I did make up things. Um, I had also had, um, you know, an autoimmune disease where I could blame that instead of my depression, you know, and say, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I can't really move well today. You know, I don't know what it was, but I was almost, em- you know, embarrassed or ashamed at the time to, you know, say, well, you know, I'm feeling really depressed right now. I don't really want to go out.
1: Is it because you were ashamed? I wonder sometimes if we hide it just to like keep everybody the hell away, even though that's probably unhealthy.
2: Um, The last thing I wanted to do was go out and, you know, with a girlfriend and go shopping and act like, you know, I was happy and go lucky and I wanted, you know, those shoes. or I wanted that bag. I I wanted nothing. I just wanted to be in my bed and sleep and not see anyone, you know, And, and, and not only that, but because there's a part of you that doesn't want to feel like a burden which is sad that we feel like it's a burden on people. But that's one of the reasons I had such a hard time, you know, just saying and and, and even admitting that I was dealing with depression at the time.
1: Yeah, we don't want to bother people with it. So, so many people talk about, I should, you know, I should feel good. I should be happy. I should be grateful because I have this fill-in-the-blank life. Um, You wrote the line, it's not that you're not grateful. You're heartbroken, hopeless at the thought you're alive, and yet no matter how hard you try, you can't seem to be present. That is so spot on.
2: Oh gosh, it's um, it's, you're you're kind of bringing me back to the place of the article. It's like, oh my goodness, it's just so raw. That's the only way I could really describe it, and it's true because it doesn't really have anything to do with not being grateful. It's really just you cannot shake this inner feeling. It almost feels like an inner monster that's just like Dancing in you, and and you can't seem to get rid of it, and it, and it brings you, you know, more into that depression. Mm. It's bad. Okay,
1: so you said again, it's not that you're not grateful; it's that you are desperate, frantic for just a moment not to feel miles and miles away from everything and everyone you love. It's that same thing.
2: hmm Imagine like you're in a string tied to everything and everyone you love, but you know, it's just like cut and you just alone yeah. and that's just, you just don't feel anything at all. Uh, when
1: you said depression feels like you're waiting for something that's never going to happen, what is that something?
2: Waiting for the moment where I wake up where, one, I don't feel depression and two, I am literally feeling the way I used to feel the moment before depression, like just like swarmed over me because it's two completely different lives it really is
1: so how did you get out of that place
2: well in um, 2018 you know that was the year i actually i started self harming because it just depression was just you know it just wrecked me so much um my husband was the one who said hey you know and i'm so happy he's so direct with me i think we all need someone like that in our lives you know, he was like, you need to seek help. We need to get you help. And I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And I said, okay. And I think that was the first step to truly healing. I, you know, sought counseling, I got medical treatment. And those treatments worked for you? I want to say, give or take a month or two, I really started to feel different. And I I, want to say, like, I started feeling kind of like hopeful again. Um, And it was such a, Feeling that I missed so much. I was like, oh, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel lighter today. And I just felt new again. I'm truly in a really, just a much better place today than I was two years ago.
1: (laughs) Did either the onset or the relief from come quickly or did they both sort of creep up, the into depression and the out of depression?
2: The into depression, I really want to say it just came, it just like hit me one day. I, I want to say like one day I literally just felt broken. Oh,
1: that's the exact word I use.
2: Yes, you know, and then coming out of it, it was very much more of a slow process. You know, little by little I felt better and I started to do more things. You know, I really have God and, uh, you know, counselors and doctors to really thank for that because um, it really, 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 really got me out of a dark time. Mm.
1: I'm going to challenge you a little bit on the front end, if you don't mind, because and, but I'm asking you a question I ask myself. I wonder if it does come on so fast and then go away so slowly, or if we don't recognize the warning signs, because you know, it's not like you start to get a sore throat or a sniffle and think, oh, shoot, I think a cold is coming. I wonder if we just sort of brush off bad days, because we're so used to having them or, or, or whatever, and then by the time we notice it, we're in it.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right on that. I think we miss warning signs, you know, and, and, it, and it's hard because maybe you see the signs, but you don't really know what to do to, like, prevent d- the depression. Because, like, with a cold, you know, you start sniffling and your throat hurts, you can get an antibiotic. But, you know, with depression, it's, you know, what, what do you do to prevent it? And that's what's so hard about it.
1: And that's what I'm wondering. If that's the toolkit, if that's when we pull that stuff out, it's like that. I, I don't mean to be challenging you. It's just this is what I'm grappling no. with. So I'm I'm asking myself these questions because I want to be more in control of it. You know, so I wonder mm-hmm. if I say, "Uh-oh," you know, something's up. Mm-hmm. I need to whatever, whether that's sleep more, walk more, drink less, mm-hmm. connect more, connect less. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just something I'm grappling with because I, I really have trouble living with that I have zero control over something that affects me so deeply.
2: I've actually never thought of having a literal little box kit or something that mm-hmm. has things in there that you love, or maybe you can pull it out and um, you know look through it, or whether it's pictures or something that kind of just makes you feel more nostalgic and maybe mm-hmm. less depressed. I don't know. <laughs> I never thought of that. Maybe I'm going to start doing that.
1: <laughs> We've been told by a couple of people to write yourself a note or letter when you're well saying, you know, I have a good sense of humor. I have friends. I am loved. I am safe. You know, the things that you no longer believe when you're in it so that you can read it in your own hand, not typed, um, at, or printed. I guess that's old school to say typed. Um, <laughs> but, but so you can read that and be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, this is me telling me to remember me.
2: That's wonderful. And and, it, and it's so much better hearing it from yourself than it is when someone else yes. is telling you. Because we have such a hard time you know, hearing things like that from other people. You're just saying that, you know, and, and it's hard to really mm-hmm. believe it. But when you're saying it to yourself and you know you've written it, it's a completely different story.
1: I, I We kind of went all over into your story from your article. Were there things you wanted to say about your relationship with depression um, that I didn't prompt? You
2: know, depression was kind of my own thing. I dealt with it on my own. And that's why I ended up, you know, in in the pit, I call it like the pit of hell. (laughs) Um, Because I wasn't opening up and I wasn't sharing anything with anyone. Um, It's okay, for one, it's okay to not be okay. But you really need to understand the consequence of um, holding it in your entire life and not letting anyone in It can really wreck your life. And um, I really want people to, to seek help. And even if it's just telling one person at one little, you know, by yourself and, you know, and um, or if it starts with writing it down and, and what you want to tell depression, you know, I think just taking that first step will really, really make a difference in your life.
0: I certainly relate to Savannah's description of feeling nothing. And I'm always sort of dumbfounded how feeling nothing can be so painful.
1: Oh, that's so well put. And her words shattered and dust-like. I kind of stop at broken. I've never gone so far as to say dust-like. But when I use the word broken, that's one of my uh, internal warning signs that I'm headed down a road I don't want to go down. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the word she uses, I was so intrigued with the word homesick that I looked up quotes to see if there was one we could use for this episode. And one of my favorite authors, unknown, said I am homesick for a place I'm not sure even exists, one where my heart is full, my body loved, and my soul understood. And so we thought we'd make that our wish for you this new year. And us. And us, along with mental peace and mental health. We look forward to another
0: season of shared stories and peer support. And as always, if anyone has ideas for episodes, we truly welcome them. Email terry, T-E-R-R-Y, at givingvoicetodepression.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye.